Welcome to the Health Communication Lab podcast with Alka Chopra, supporting you amp up your health communication skills. Hi, everyone. Uh, today, my guest is Shauna Linson. I got that last name correct, Shauna? Yes, correct. Thank right. you. So Shauna is also a dietitian, and Shauna has been actively involved in running successful cooking programs in the last couple of years, and we'll have a more conversation about how to run successful cooking programs as we move um, down into the interview. Just a little bit about Shauna. So she's a registered dietitian with over 27 years of experience and previously has worked as a clinical dietitian in, in Toronto Sunnybrook, Sunnybrook Health Science Center in the nephrology and neurosurgery for 12 years. Oh, wow, that's a very different experience. Mm-hmm. I started my internship in nephrology way back. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, once she left that, and then she's been working in the community as a consulting dietitian. And Shauna has been involved as a program developer and nutrition leader um, at the Wellspring Cancer Support Network in Toronto. And she offers group sessions and you know, talks to uh, patients and also offers corporate wellness lectures. And recently, she has been actively doing cooking demonstrations, and that's what this podcast is all about. So welcome, Shauna, and thank you for the time. Yeah. So anything else you'd like to add to the wonderful work that you do? No, I've done um, a a wide range of, as a dietitian, normally we think of a dietitian, as you know, in like a hospital setting. Yes. So that's where I started. Um, Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, I was at Sunnybrook for 12 years Mm -hmm. and I, it was very clinical. Because mm-hmm. nephrology, it's all about what you eat. I also did neurosurgery, which is mm-hmm. feeding, feeding through the vein, that type of thing. So I, my, my goal and my dream was always to do health promotion. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, I, it's almost like for 12 years, I learned a lot. I got a really good base. Um, I became very well respected in, in the hospital community and the dietitian community. And then um, when I landed the position at Wellspring, that kind of opened up my world in terms of, yeah, in terms of um, combining nutrition education with the science Mm -hmm. and teaching people about how to eat, where to eat, that type of thing. Right. Yeah. Health promotion is so key and health education, you know, it's, that's just the basics. And I think lot, most of the population, uh, they really struggle with just getting the basics under control, under their belt. Exactly. I totally so, agree. Yeah. And we can, as dietitians, we can talk about um, what to eat, but people don't know how to cook, right? How to execute the information and in an everyday lifestyle. If, yeah. if they're buying food out at a restaurant or if they're making food, um, for their family to bring for lunch. Um, it's complex. It's mm-hmm. not as simple as it seems, mm-hmm. especially with all of the diets out there, people talking about yeah. eat this, don't eat that. Um, just, yeah. you know, everyone, it, we're, we're inundated by nutrition yeah. information. Right. It's conflicting messages, right? So the, with the research that is out there, it just confuses people so much. Uh, exactly uh, and it's our job to help people kind of dissect the information simplify it um Mm -hmm. 
and just deal with how to eat on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, Jenna, how did you get into the cooking, uh, you know, the cooking program business? So it actually started through Wellspring. Um, people, we, Wellspring's a cancer support network and mm-hmm. program is chari- charity run. Okay. So the participants don't have to pay. And with, um, when I had a scheduled program, there were like 40 people on the waiting list. Wow. So people said to me, I would actually pay you for this. Like, um, would you consider, you know, starting up for, not just cancer related, but for people yeah. just in general. Mm-hmm. And that so, was for the cooking demonstrations? For the cooking demonstrations. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started. So I actually, when I first started the cooking demonstrations, I rented out the kitchen at mm-hmm. Wellspring. Okay. And, um, but after a while it became too big and Wellspring's, you know, a contained kind of environment. So mm-hmm. Then I rented out a place um, near my home, mm-hmm. which was fully equipped. But to drag all the food there, I, I felt, you know, oh, it, oh, it was so a lot of work. work. So much work. And um, so then I decided we moved and we moved. Mm-hmm. I have a very large kitchen. So I decided to set my kitchen up mm-hmm. um, to teach. Mm-hmm. So um, I did that. And right away, people just, really got excited by it and my classes mm-hmm. were selling out really quickly and they oh. still are mm-hmm. so how do you so a few questions over here that i have for you so when you are setting up uh, your kitchen your home kitchen to for cooking demos how do you go about that what are some things that uh, dietitians must keep in mind when you're setting up your home kitchen because you know, we look at food safety and hygiene, sanitation and all those things. Yeah. And you have to, so I actually um, take the food safety certificate every five years and Mm -hmm. I just upgraded it. Um, My aunt specializes in um, food safety. So Mm -hmm. she gave me all the information I needed to in terms of um, having my kitchen food safe. And Mm -hmm. there are lots of rules. Like you Mm -hmm. have to have your bathroom away from the kitchen. You have mm-hmm. to have a hand washing sink. And, like there's a lot of different rules. So okay. that's very important mm-hmm. um, to keep in mind. And then what I had to do is I developed the recipes myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and if I use recipes for inspiration or if I use um, a cookbook, for instance, I do cite the author because mm-hmm. it's very important in regards to plagiarism, right? You want to make Absolutely. sure that yeah. you cite the source. Mm-hmm. Um, if you make a recipe up yourself, it's mm-hmm. um, the ingredient list isn't um, is isn't legally um, bound to one person. Like anyone can make a, dr- a salad dressing up with five different ingredients, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the instructions are what you have to make your own. Okay. So, um, for instance, um, salad dressing is always a good example because, you know, everyone uses the same thing, the oil, mm-hmm. the vinegar, the mustard, the salt. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you write up the ingredient list, it has to be in your own words. Okay. And um, so if someone has a good idea for putting it, putting different ingredients together, that's okay if you use those ingredients, but mm-hmm. you have to 
um, make it your own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just want to go back to the food safety piece. So does this, um, uh, getting the kitchen uh, ready, does it require uh, the, you know, for example, you're in Toronto. So does it require Toronto Public Health to come in and do a site visit and do things? Do they do that? Yeah, I'm not sure, actually. I didn't end up doing that because I'm not selling food. Okay. I'm just um, sampling food. So mm -hmm. I think if you um, if you make food up, you put a branding on and you sell it. So that's no, not That's what a different, okay. Totally okay. different. So a catering business, that type of thing. Uh, okay. Yeah. If this yeah. is more just teaching. And... Yes. Um, mm. So dietitians will go into, let's say, community kitchens and mm -hmm. teach. So it's not um, like kind of like a licensed uh -huh. okay. restaurant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, okay. um, yeah, you just have to make sure you're food safe and not getting anyone sick. That mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay. And so the promotion for your uh, cooking classes was one of them was of course Wellspring. What other uh, ways do you promote your classes? So word of mouth so, for sure it goes it travels very quickly oh and, yes yeah. yes i would say number one word of mouth yeah, yeah. number two social media. Okay. so getting yourself onto facebook i have my own facebook page mm -hmm. shauna lindham registered dietitian i have an instagram page mm -hmm. and i what i do and i find the best way to do it is when i'm working really hard at developing my classes and I, I do promote them as nutrition education, yes. which is what they are. Yeah, and yes. they're, it's nutrition education. So it's not so much um, the food aspect. I would mm -hmm. say that is almost secondary to educating the public. Mm -hmm. So for instance, on Instagram, when I make up a dish, I'll put it on Instagram. I'll tag certain people, um, like brands, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really moved into that where mm -hmm. brands, um, you know, pay you, and I don't know how really interested I am in doing that because mm -hmm. it's it's not really my thing. But maybe have they approached you? Have brands approached you? Yeah, I've had oh, brands okay. approach me. And as a dietitian, I only like you know I work on like whole foods, and I don't yeah. do the process. Like I I just wouldn't do that mm -hmm. in terms of um, I I would be more excited to promote fruits and vegetables or yes. You know, Yes. Where or something, yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy putting stories up, so I will put a story up on Instagram and just. Yeah, show I've seen a few. Mm -hmm. Have you? Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you enjoying them? Yes, I do. I do. It's uh, it's interesting to see how Instagram stories have evolved, you know, over the few years, and the different ideas also you get from the way people uh, put up their stories. Everyone does yeah. it differently. Exactly. Yeah. And I find it puts a face to a brand. Um, yes. If you're used to seeing pictures on Instagram, you see a bunch of food pictures and mm -hmm. you don't know the face of the personality yes. behind that brand. Yeah. So I find that the stories are very helpful in regards mm -hmm. to promoting yourself and mm -hmm. who you are. And, you know, I've got a very, like a vibrant personality. And mm -hmm. um, sometimes you can't see that through just a post. Mm -hmm. So the stories yeah. do elevate that. Yes, definitely. Okay, so <clears throat> so that's that. Okay, and now let's let's get into a little bit more into how uh, how do you select your recipes or how do you develop your recipes? What's the the whole? 
if you can share the process with the listeners. I will. Yeah. So first and foremost, um, I what I do lately is I've been doing a needs assessment. I ask the people in my current demos, what do you want? What kind of recipes are you looking for? And then I, you know, take notes. And then I end up doing my healthy spin on it. And mm-hmm. I most definitely do follow the 80-20 rule when I'm looking or choosing res- or developing recipes. Mm-hmm. So in my demos, I like to show them how to do an appetizer, three means, and a dessert. And sometimes the dessert has a healthy spin, sometimes it doesn't. So for instance, um, in the summer I, in, or in the fall, I did some strawberry shortcake. Mm-hmm. And um, they did have butter and strawberries, and, you know, it's, um, so I'm not, I, I don't eliminate foods. I'm kind of all inclusive. Yes. Um, and when I'm looking for recipes, sometimes I do get excited about certain um, trends, like I'll do a vegan class and oh, okay. that type of thing, just to introduce people how to cook um, lentils and legumes and use ingredients like nutritional yeast instead of parmesan cheese like going mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. so that's how I choose the recipes I decide on you know or for instance if there's a food that's kind of trending like mm-hmm. uh, in the last few years cauliflower has been trending yes a few years before kale was trending mm-hmm. you can see when you um look up on the internet what's trending I will do recipes with that okay you know like cauliflower pizza or that type of thing or rice Mm -hmm. cauliflower so Mm -hmm. yeah I keep up on the Mm -hmm. trend um and people notice that people notice what's out there of course yeah I help Uh, them get mm -hmm. into it yeah Uh, okay so do and how do you decide um like um like how do you dis- when you when you are putting together a recipe you know you've got these ingredients so do you do you kind of have something in the back of your mind that this is what this is what this is the kind of taste that you want the recipe to land up with or this is the uh, like the visual appeal does do you go as deep as that or it's just uh, oh absolutely that's uh-huh. almost first and foremost okay. so i like very colorful food as we all should right and so i use lots of fresh herbs lots of different spices and i take my knowledge from what i've learned by being a nutrition um program developer Mm -hmm. for the cancer support network i take my knowledge in terms of like the different herbs and spices and then i use that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm transform it into the recipe so most of my recipes have some sort of um alley and vegetable like garlic um, okay. um leeks onion that type of thing mm-hmm. and i always have a fresh colored herb like for instance um dill mint cilantro um parsley and then i always will have um some sort of citrus not for all the recipes but i'm just saying what i try to focus on so orange zest, lemon zest, lime zest, mm-hmm. juice from, mm-hmm. and I do try to um, balance off the sweet, the acid, okay. the spice, and it's hard, like it's not, I don't have a chef background, I'm a home cook, mm-hmm. so um, you have to, I have to learn how to use the different ingredients depending on what cuisine, which right. also opens up another world, right? Yes. So, 
there's um, there's Mexican, Indian, Thai. So mm-hmm. I, I don't focus on one cuisine. I like to obviously everyone has yeah, yeah. their own taste buds and their mm-hmm. own culture. Mm-hmm. So um, I try to learn a little bit about everyone's culture and what they're interested in mm-hmm. and explore. Mm-hmm. So have you teamed up with other dietitians to do some demos at your home? Yeah. So um, I have a colleague, Kara Rosenblum. She okay. wrote a cookbook called Nourish. Or mm-hmm. you may be I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah. So Nourish, um, she wrote that with a, um, a chef, Nettie Kronish. Mm-hmm. And um, the book is great. So mm-hmm. right when Kara put the book out, I um, had her in um, for the cooking demo. We gave everyone the book and oh. we showed how to cook from the book. And it nice. was fun. And mm-hmm. the second person I um, teamed up with is Marilyn Smith, okay. who is on City Line. She's mm-hmm. a phonomist mm-hmm. as well as a comedian. She's really Yeah, she's really funny. I've seen yeah. uh, some of the shows and she's really funny. Yeah. She she's really great. makes you laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I've also done some Facebook lives with Marilyn. Okay. And nice. Mar- yeah. yeah. And Marilyn, um, wrote a book called Peace, Love, and Fiber. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a great book because it um, shows you how to increase your soluble and your insoluble fiber. Mm-hmm. She was actually, she did a demo with me in June and December. Mm-hmm. And we did seasonal recipes. So in mm-hmm. June, we did her summer recipes. We made a ginger rhubarb crisp. We made um, some salads. And in the fall or winter, we made like her um, mushroom barley soup. Mm-hmm. So I like to cook seasonally as well, which yes. always makes sense to me. Yeah, we all um, cook seasonally too. You know, unknowingly, knowingly, soups is more like a winter fall type of thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, so getting things into season is. Uh, it's yeah, what definitely. you want. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. So I have joined up with other people and um, enjoyed it because I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with Kara. I'm good friends with Marilyn. So it, mm-hmm. it just, it's, it works. And I find with that type of demo, we interacted really, really well. And mm-hmm. my clients really enjoyed to get all of that nutrition education from, you know, two dietitians or yes. a dietitian and a mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that was good. Yeah. Okay, Shona. So when you're, pl- when you're planning a class, uh, how early on do you start the planning process and just walk us through the the whole process as to how do you go about it, selection and like whatever you need to do. So I actually um, do it three months in advance. Okay. So for instance, if um, if I'm planning for, um, let's say April, May, June, I will actually start in January. Um, you also have to give yourself time to advertise it, right? Mm-hmm. So I decided on the theme um, according to, uh, you know, the seasonal, what's going on seasonally. So for instance, in September, I planned um, my January class, which I called cozy winter time. Mm-hmm. And I started to advertise it at the end of December. And I already had the recipes all done. So people don't realize how much work it is yes. to decide and then get the recipes going and then to market it it's not that easy it takes a lot of effort um Mm -hmm. i would say the most effort is within the actual recipe testing okay 
And when people come to learn the nutrition and the recipes, they think it's actually teaching the class. But to me, that's almost the easy part. Mm -hmm. um, the more difficult part is deciding on the theme and five different recipes and then creating the recipes, testing the recipes. I actually have um, a few friends and some family members that I test out the recipes on because keep in mind, I'm not a chef, <laughs> I'm a dietitian and a home yes, cook. So yes. I have to, um, people sometimes try to, you know, think of me as a chef and I say, no, 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 I'm a nutrition educator, yeah, dietitian, yeah. home cook. And home cook, yes. Home cook. So um, the process um, starts off with the thought and then um, developing the recipes and then testing the recipes and then making sure they work. Mm -hmm. then putting it together and then marketing the nutrition education classes. So there's many, many steps involved and mm -hmm. it happens three months before you actually do it. Yeah. Wow. And five recipes in one cooking demo is a lot. Is a lot. And yeah. I do two hours and I find interestingly enough, like I toyed with the idea of doing three or four recipes. I, um, I thought about even six or seven and five recipes for me works. And for other dietitians, it, you may only want three recipes. Or two that recipes. was actually going to be my next question to you because the most demos that I have seen is three recipes. Exactly. And um, what I like to do is I like to um, sometimes I'll do, I'll make a recipe before. So for, for people to nibble on when they come in, if they're hungry, like an appetizer, for instance, mm -hmm. I will make before like a soup. Yeah. Pre-prep it. Yeah. Pre-prep it. So if a soup takes like an hour to do, yes. I'll make that in the morning before mm -hmm. the, or the night before. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it does, it is a lot of work before and after, mm -hmm. um, especially if, you know, I, I do hire someone to help me during the demo. Okay. Um, and that person will, you know, man the stove or man the oven, and then they'll help me clean up. So I do have an assistant during. Mm -hmm. um, at this point, I still do all my grocery shopping and my chopping and, you know, washing my floor afterwards. And I, I like, you know, being in control of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is tiring. Um, but I like the control with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it might change. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And how many people do you generally take in a cooking class? The max is how many? The max is 13. Okay. I won't go over 13 because once you go over 13, you have to double the recipes. Okay. Or change, you know, you might have to triple the recipe. Mm -hmm. And everyone gets a tasting of what mm -hmm. you make. So you have to keep that in mind. And I that's what my kitchen can hold. And I've bought like a few extensions for my kitchen island to hold that many people. Okay. Um, the least I'll do it with is four. Okay. If you, and when I do four, I usually do three recipes and mm -hmm. it's usually a family. Okay. Okay. All right. So yes, that was a really some good valuable information for the recipe selection and all that stuff. Now I want to, I want to talk to you about, delivering the actual session yes you know delivering and uh, education piece 
communicating the right the other key messages how it just talk to us about that okay so with every single cooking demo i do i integrate all of the nutrition education that i can okay so um you have to keep in mind that the people don't want to hear all of the science behind it no so what i typically do is i will explain why i'm using this ingredient how this ingredient may be able to help us for instance an example there is turmeric um mm-hmm. i try to use turmeric a lot in my recipes and i combine it with the black pepper because mm-hmm. that really enhances the absorption so mm-hmm. i talk about oxidizing garlic and so it's really really educational and it's very different than a chef teaching you or reading a cookbook it's more or less a dietitian giving yeah. the nutrition information that people couldn't people don't get elsewhere mhm mhm so that excites people and people really like that and people mm-hmm. um it empowers them and that's so in every demo that i i do educate people and i i have a strong education component mhm so do you get lesson plans ready or you just have so let's say you know points one bullet points that this is what you're going to be talking about yeah at the beginning i did um because of my like 27 years of experience and my teaching at wellspring i feel that i'm almost at like the pro level with that like i don't do notes anymore it's it's just all kind of fly by the seat of my mm-hmm. pants just cuz i'm i'm used to it and comfortable with the yes yes very yes. comfortable yeah mm-hmm. and it takes a while like i wouldn't recommend this for a new grad you know oh, yes um, so it's i you know as i approach like the 30 year mark in nutrition this is um kind of where i morphed to be and ended up. So at the beginning, yeah, I would have probably had to do up um like script, lesson plan, that type of thing. But now I just I'm very comfortable with it. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So so for somebody who's new, say for example, if I want to start my cooking classes at home, what what tips do you have for me to where where should I start? Yeah, so I'm actually um currently I I'm thinking about developing um packages for dietitians okay. where I would tell you exactly how to start from the beginning what you need um what you need to develop the recipes I may even sell some of my recipes so you don't have to go through all the work because that's where the real big work is mm-hmm. um and I so I guess my main advice is first decide what your target population is going to be okay um, for instance is it going to be a family of four then you would want to develop like three to five really healthy recipes for kind of the busy um parents that mm-hmm. type of thing um i have done also parent and teen classes so um when people ask me how to do that i I mainly ask my clientele what would you like. So for instance, for one of the teen classes, I did a few smoothie recipes. 
Okay. Um, because that's what the, you know, high protein I put, you know, the nut butter and the hemp seeds and that type of thing. And um, because that's what the teens wanted. They were off. Um, they're actually young adults. So if you're doing, um, you know, uh, young adults in university, they don't know how to cook. Um, you, you have to develop recipes that are user friendly for them. So it all depends. My biggest advice is find out what your client wants mm -hmm. and find out what your client will actually end up doing. Okay. And making. Mm -hmm. And then after that? So then after that, you have to set up your kitchen. So you, you have to decide, number one, how many people can you fit? Yeah. And then you get the, I, if you have an island, you get stools. If you have a table, you get the fold-up chairs. Um, you have to have, um, obviously, all the cleaning stuff intact. Um, I bought um, different um, placemats and I buy, you know, the napkins and I got a separate set of glasses and cutlery and serving platters, that type of thing. Because mm -hmm. when you're giving them nibbles, you need all of the extras, like the little dishes and the serving platter. Yes. Things like that. So you don't use disposables for that, huh? No, I don't. Okay. I'm very, I'm, kind of, I'm into them environmentally. Environmentally, yes. Yeah, yeah, I would like to, but no, I don't. Mm -hmm. um, I do use, the only thing I use that's really disposable are the gloves, like the sterile gloves. Yes. Like I'm handling um, um, poultry, that type mm -hmm. of thing, I'll use the gloves. And um, yeah, so in terms of setting up your actual space, there are lots of steps involved there. And then, so I would say the main, the main steps that you have to think of if you want to do this yourself is um, number one, getting your own kitchen space set up, deciding how many people you can fit, then getting all of the extras, like the chairs, the dishes, um, the napkins, the glasses, all of that stuff. And then um, decide where you're going to shop for all your ingredients. Mm -hmm. um, I like to buy more high-end ingredients. Um, people do like organic. I don't buy everything organic, obviously, because the price is high and mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be organic. Um, and the spices, depending mm -hmm. on how much you'll go through, like the big box stores like Costco um, is helpful because it's, it helps, you know, in terms of not spending too much. And then you have to decide where you're going to advertise it. So yes, social media, that type of thing. It's a big, big process. And um, it's, it's helpful to have kind of your operations manual. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, I can help dietitians um, who want to do this. <clears throat> Excuse me, I can, I can um, help them with their operations. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now do you assign a budget for each class and then, you know, to do the costing and like how much do you charge people? Like so when you I, start your development yeah. process. Yeah, it, it is smart to decide. So when you do five recipes, um, it's, it depends. I, I don't do a budget, but I do know that some classes are going to be a little more than others, depending on which ingredients yes. I use. Yes. Um, and if I sell out the classes, I know the percent I'm going to make from, 
you know, the 12 or 13 people and how much I'm paying um, my helper, that type of thing. So it's really important. Um, and I also actually do want to mention that if you you have to charge HST, so you have to have an HST uh -huh. number. Uh -huh. if, yeah, if you're making over 30,000, mm -hmm. um, yeah. people can't put it through insurance as an individual session, but if they have a group um, health spending account, that um, then they can put it through, but they can't put it through insurance as one-on-one. -on -one. It's group sessions aren't covered. So people have to, that's their job to check with their insurance company. Like I know, for instance, Great West Life has the health spending account that it can go under. Mm -hmm. so you've got to be careful in terms of billing and tell your client that. Um, and, and then you can charge HST as well. So it's, it's, you have to figure that out and see how much you forecast making throughout the year on this. Mm -hmm. um, that type of thing. And I talked to the dietitians. Um, I talked to the College of Dietitians. I talked to my accountant. So you've got to be really careful in terms of your billing. Because mm -hmm. I see there are a lot of dietitians actually who are, uh, I see more, more and more dietitians getting into private practice in the, in the past few years. It wasn't the case before. Mm -hmm. but there are more and more people, more dietitians who are actually, you know, they want to do the one-on-one -on -one. and there is a big demand there, the demand I find is increasing. So cooking demos is something which is, I personally feel is still from the dietitian standpoint is still an untapped area. There's not it is. Any to that. And it's, and it's difficult and not everyone's cut out for it. It's a, yes. it's a lot of physical work <laughs> and <clears throat> it's, it's hard. It's, um, I counseled my whole, you know, my whole career. Right. And I actually, as of last year, stopped my private practices, which I had two. I had one at Young and Davisville in Toronto and one at Bay and Bloor. And I physically couldn't clone myself to be in two places at the same time. So exhausting. I had, it's, it's exhausting. And I had to decide what is my passion. Yes. It's, um, after 27 years, you, you really want to be doing what you want to be doing. And the counseling, um, you know, I was kind of fed up with the driving in Toronto and, you know, all the construction and the traffic. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so I put that aside and mm -hmm. I actually do still do some counseling online. Like I'm um, a dietitian with a Cura MD, a doctor in your pocket. So I do do some counseling online still. Mm -hmm but I don't physically go to an office anymore, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is good because then I can um, promote other dietitians and I can give other dietitians the business. Yeah. You can send the referrals to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. That's exactly what I am. That's a direction I'm moving into as well. Yeah. And it's I an win-win. Yeah. I closed my practice about two years, three years ago and trying to get everything like online and, and I still get referrals from uh, patients in the area, but, mm -hmm. and then pass them over to the, other, the exact thing that you're saying. So it's a, it's a win-win situation for everybody. There. Yeah. Cause you're helping other people. And that's my goal in life is to help other people, help dietitians, help clients, help people who are struggling. Just I'm a helper, you know, I'm a giver. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy helping people. And um, yeah. So that's where I'm at now. And um, 
check me out on (laughs) social media. So Facebook, Instagram, and you have the links. Yes. Yeah. And I'll post everything in uh, in, in your, in the podcast. Any closing thoughts, Shana, before we... Yeah, do you know what my main my main advice is? Go with your your comfort level and your dream. If if cooking demos are where you want to be, you can make it work. But it starts off slowly, and then you you learn what your comfort level is. Like maybe if my comfort level is doing five recipes, someone else is maybe doing three recipes, or mm-hmm. you know someone might want to do seven recipes or yeah. you just find out where your comfort level is, who your target audience is, what's the best way to advertise it, um, getting the word of mouth out there. And then you'll set yourself up for success. And I think that's for anything. It's for private practice. It's for the cooking demos. It's for any sort of um, communication. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. So that was really good. Um, I think gold for setting up cooking demos uh, at home, not even at home, but even if you want to do cooking demos outside, for example, like in the beginning, you rented a space. So it's really you're in charge there. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's, there's no, um, you know, everyone's going to have a different model. There's no kind of strict model that you have to follow. And Mm -hmm. you just have to find out what's good for you and what area you want to do it in and um and you can be very specific right like sometimes i actually do like this coming march um which you know this this podcast we were mentioning is uh-huh. going to be in march i'm doing a anti-inflammatory cooking demo and um there's some of the recipes i developed for wellspring um, the Cancer Support Network, I'm going to have in that demo. So okay. yeah, you can focus in on um, different areas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Shana. That was Thanks wonderful. <clears throat> yes. And uh, even I learned uh, quite a few things. It's always exciting to learn new things. So yeah, and that's my goal to help time. everyone I can. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Okay.